spending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. In this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. The book took off like wildfire. It ended up selling out on Amazon four times. David Duchovny tweeted about it. Pamela Anderson tweeted about it. Kelly Slater, Instagram, and tweeted about it as, with a handful of other people like that. And it, it took off all over the world. So one of the questions that I get more than any other is, does it matter if I buy organic? Do I need to? Because let's be honest, they're more expensive, right? So rather than share opinion or hearsay, let's look to the scientific literature. A huge new meta-analysis that was published in the British Journal of Nutrition looked at over 200 studies, and it found that organic plants have over 50% more nutrients and beneficial health compounds like omega-3 fatty acids compared to conventional non-organic plants. And this is part of a growing body of evidence documenting how dramatically farming methods can influence the nutritional content of the foods we eat. And another large meta-analysis found that organic crops ranging from broccoli to blueberries have substantially higher concentrations of a range of antioxidants, bioflavonoids, and flavanols that fight cancer and keep your cells clean. And that study was looking at over 300 other independent pieces of scientific literature. For example, organic crops had about 50% more anthocyanins and flavanols compared to conventional crops. And consumption of these compounds is linked to a variety of benefits, including anti-inflammatory effects, which you guys know inflammation is one of the leading drivers of just about every degenerative disease, and they protect our cells from damaging free radicals, and they fend off diseases that can accelerate cellular aging. So how does this happen? How's this all going down, and how does it affect us? Well, it comes down to stress. Organic plants are exposed to more stress. They're exposed to insect attacks. And conventional plants aren't. Why? Because conventional plants get sprayed with pesticides. Pesticides that are now being implicated in cancer and many of these growing neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia. In fact, when my dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's, one of the very first questions he was asked was, did you grow up on a farm? Because these neurologists are seeing so many people who are exposed to greater amounts of pesticides experiencing these diseases. And that holds true if we're eating them and putting them in our body by choice by not buying organic. So what do you do? How do I get organic produce being a busy entrepreneur and someone that's on the road, someone that's packing right now and getting ready to spend 15 days traveling? Well, the first thing I do is get Organifi in my body every single day. This is a superfood powder that contains some of the most powerful greens on the planet. And every single ingredient is organic. Just reading the ingredients label to you guys right now. It's got organic wheatgrass, organic moringa, organic spirulina, organic chlorella, which contains chlorophyllin, a compound that new studies are showing helps to detoxify our cells from the 100,000 plus man-made chemicals in the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat. And this is stuff that wasn't around even 50 years ago. Our grandparents didn't have to deal with these same challenges. Organifi is also the first thing that goes in my suitcase to make sure that when I'm on the road and it's harder to eat healthy, I'm still getting my body the nutritional insurance that it needs. And the list goes on and on. But the long and the short of it is, if you guys want to make one easy decision right now that gets more organic nutrients, bioflavonoids, and anti-cancer compounds that will keep your cells clean, keep you feeling great, and literally detoxify your body from the inside out, pick up Organifi Green Juice and make sure you're putting it in your body every single day and in your suitcase every time you travel. And we've got an awesome 
discount set up for you guys. To check that out, head over to Organifi.com slash biohacks. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash biohacks. You can enter discount code biohacks, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S, to save some money on your Organifi order, and you'll start feeling these benefits for yourself right away. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohack thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Normally when someone says they're giving away something, it's a, it's a you know, it, it's sort of a, a carrot in front of the horse or it's a bait and switch. And I get it. It's you want to share, but then you also want to, you know, proliferate your, your message, your brand. You want to collect emails. I appreciate all of that. Unfortunately, 99% of the time, what people are giving you for free is uh, a, a, a 90 page with a bunch of pictures and it's garbage or it's 45 pages and it's a PDF and it's garbage. You actually or your people actually mailed me a book that is like that thick and I'm like going through it. I'm just like, this guy does not mess around. So I really, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate your, um, your emails, which are very similar to Ben's. There's always something that I can grab and I can, you know, sort of incorporate in my, into my life. Cool. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And, you know, we, we have, we have some similarities in that we've both been through struggles and, um, and having been able to come out on the other side, I wanted to do something where I was like, look, what do I wish I had? back when I was confused and frustrated and felt like, you know, my body was just breaking down. And then yeah. I want to give that to, to people for free. So they at least have a resource that they could turn to and jump to different sections and, and make a little bit of, uh, you know, right from wrong in this, in this information overload age that we're in and maybe get to some answers and, and better, uh, better quality of life for themselves faster. Yeah, so that's what we were doing. And, and, you know, and in the same vein, that's why I wrote, I forgot to die because yeah, I, well, found myself, I found myself every day. I don't think that's an exaggeration. I found myself every day with someone coming up to me, even, even before Sun Life, even like when I had, when I owned Riviera Recovery, people would come up to me every day. They'd see me in my like convertible 442, or they would see me with a a watch or a girl or a whatever, they would see something that they wanted or that they admired. And they would hear that like, Oh yeah, that dude used to live under a bridge. That guy was, you know, addicted to heroin. That guy was smoking crack. And they would, they would say like, how did you do it? Or how could I get to where you are? And I just kept getting bogged down. And not that I didn't want to share my story because I did, but it became impractical after a while. When I opened up Sun Life Organics, it got ridiculous because everyone heard about this amazing juice bar, which I'll take credit for the idea. My partner is the one who really brought it to fruition because she's brilliant. I'm a starter and I'm not a finisher. She is a finisher, not necessarily a starter. So I'm wildly creative and I always had a, a million ideas that were million dollar ideas or so I, I thought maybe they were. Um, she is someone that just like worked two jobs, went to school, got a 4.0, graduated. Like she did everything right. I did everything wrong. Um, she had never drank or done, or she drank a little bit in high school, but she wasn't a drinker or a drugger or a smoker because it's just not good for you. I was like smoking cigarettes when I was eight and smoking weed when I was 12 and, you know, taking pills when I was 13, 14. 
by the time I got into my 20s when I was her age, it was ecstasy and ketamine. And, you know, I, I went completely in the wrong direction. But anyway, back to what I was saying. So when we opened up Sun Life Organics and there was a line out the door and, and yes, every other person was a celebrity because this is Malibu and you, you can't swing a dead cat in this town without hitting a Grammy award winner or, a, you know, an Academy Award winner. It's just, it's just simply... Um, it's just geographics. It, it, it's where we are. But everyone would, would be like, you know, dude, I heard you used to be a heroin addict. And now, you know, look at this. This is amazing. And I just got burned out on, on constantly having to re-explain myself. So um, the other thing was, and this is sort of like a political move, I was terrified because I could see where it was going. There was literally a line out the door all day and I knew we were going to open up more stores. And one of my fears was that, you know, at some point someone was going to come along and be like, this guy was a drug dealer and this guy was a scumbag and this guy was a, you know, a homeless guy with scabies and ringworms. And I was terrified of that getting out to the normal people, I guess, or the rich people or the fancy people. I had this deep insecurity that I, that I didn't belong and that I was going to somehow be found out, which I've heard a lot of people say, you know, imposter syndrome or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, shit, you know what? I'm going to stop explaining myself and I'm going to stop living in fear. And I'm going to put, I'm going to put pen to paper and I'm going to write exactly what happened in my childhood, how I became a drug addict, what happened while, while I was a drug addict. And some of it is, it's very, very graphic. I was homeless and I was living on the streets and I had to do what I had to do to get money for drugs. Uh, you can use your imagination. I'm not a violent person and I'm not a tough guy. So I did, you know, what, what, what was available. Um, I wrote about that in the book and something incredibly interesting happened. Number one, um, there was this great catharsis that took place where I took all of this stuff, all this shit, all this fear, this information, this anxiety, and I put pen to paper and I got it out of my head onto paper. And in a sense, in a, in a very large sense, I was free. I, w- I was totally free because it was out of my head and on paper. And then something really interesting happened. The book took off like wildfire. It ended up selling out on Amazon four times. Um, uh, David Duchovny tweeted about it. Pamela Anderson tweeted about it. Kelly Slater, Instagram, and tweeted about it as, with a handful of other people like that. And it, it took off all over the world, um, which obviously it was like a fantasy of mine, but I, you know, my sad little Cinderella story of being a junkie and then, you know, becoming successful. I didn't think it would, you know, people would really care. And, and they did. And all of those fears began to, to, to dissipate. Well, I shouldn't say all, I still wake up scared sometimes or have an overwhelming sense of impending doom. Uh, you know, sometimes 30% of the time. Um, but the point is in, in writing the book, a lot of people found hope in it. And if you read the reviews on Amazon, I I mean, I go on there every couple of months and I'll read the reviews and almost everyone is a five-star review and almost everyone is some sort of testament to how my book helped their son, their brother, them, their sister, whoever it gave them hope. It gave them faith. And, uh, it's just the fucking coolest thing ever. <laughs> Sorry. I went on a little bit long there, but it's really, it's really, really cool. And, um, and I get emails and DMS and Facebook messages every single day, seven days a week, um, about how it's changed people's lives. And it's in, it's in four different languages. Now it's on audible. Um, it's pretty cool. That's real cool. I forgot That's, to die. They yeah. on an audible. Can you take us to that point where you're an addict? What, what was the moment when you decided to break out of that, out of that pattern? Like what create, what catalyzed the change, the decision in you? Um, Do you remember that moment? I mean, I, I do. And it was, there was a continuous, there was continuous moments like that. Every time I came down or every time I woke up in jail again, or every time I would have an overdose and wake up in the hospital, because there, there, there was a lot of that, uh, especially towards the end. Um, eight overdoses, nine hospitalizations. One was for a seizure um, from shooting too much cocaine. Um, so there was a lot of moments where I was like, oh my God, I, I'm going to stop. I'm never going to do it again. Being in county jail in LA and, you know, 
coming that close to losing my life uh, while I was in county jail and laying in my own filth and my own my own, you know, pissing and shitting on myself and having ringworm and scabies. And, you know, there was a lot of moments where I was like, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Honestly, man, Anthony, it wasn't until, it wasn't until I just had no more strength in me. I wish I could tell you that there was a moment of inspiration, but it really was a moment of desperation. Um, that, that I, that I just, I threw in the towel. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I, I reached out for help reluctantly, obviously. And, um, and this dude, Bob Forrest, who later had, you know, became really famous on that show, Celebrity Rehab, but long before he was famous, he was just a dude that loved to help people. He still loves to help people, but now he's famous. Um, he got me into treatment for free. There was a, a charity called Musicians Assistance Program, or in my case, Failed Musician Assistance Program. <laughs> and, uh, and they got me into treatment and they put me in the halfway house after and they gave me 40 bucks a week uh, to live on, which I don't know how I lived on 40 bucks a week, but you know, I did. And, and that was sort of the beginning. That's great. And how did you start? I mean, there's, do you believe that there's a, a chemical and genetic component to addiction from everything you know now? Yeah. You know, I go back and forth. I get, I get mad a lot of times when people call it a disease. Um, because you know, my mom had a disease, it was cancer and, and she didn't bring that upon herself. My mom was, you know, really healthy and ate really healthy and didn't smoke and didn't do drugs. And I see people with diseases and I see them suffering. I see children with diseases that, that they didn't ask for and they didn't deserve and they got diseases and they die. Um, I struggle with the disease model, um, calling it, and I'm sure that this is going to really upset people, but I'm just giving you my truth. I don't, I don't believe I had a disease. I believe that I, I went through a lot of trauma as a child. There was a lot of violence and incest and abuse um, and neglect. Um, my parents were immigrants. I was a juvenile delinquent just because I was, you know, acting out for, for you know, for attention and for help and for love. Um, I started out, you know, with, the, like I said, with the cigarettes and then the pot and then the pills and then and just sort of, but to be honest with you, when I was in my twenties, I knew what I was doing. I knew I was out of control and I was dealing ecstasy and I was taking handfuls of ecstasy and ketamine and mushrooms, just anything I could get my hands on. At first it was the weekends and then it was, um, you know, and then it was every day. And I feel like I, I brought it upon myself. Could I be genetically, you know, pre, you know, could there be a predisposition genetically? I'll, I'll believe that. Um, you know, parents were immigrants from different countries. Father came from the Middle East. Mother came from Poland. I don't know what their parents were like. And they say that it skips a generation. I was never able to meet or build a relationship with my grandparents because they they were dead. Um, so, um, I, I really feel like, I feel like I got into it and then because of their addictive nature, especially with the heroin and, and the crack, you don't, that part, you don't really have a choice. You start messing around with that stuff and it sucks you in or even Coke, um, or pills. It sucks you in. And once you're in, you're in. It's like when a, they say in, in 12 step programs, like, when are you done having sex with the 12 or with the 800 pound gorilla? When the gorilla decides, you know, once, once you're sucked in, you're in. And I was in, um, and it sucks. It's horrible. And, and so some of those substances, rather than giving your brain or body something, it was, it was sort of giving you an escape from some of those things that you experienced. Yeah. I, I always felt like a loser. I always was intensely insecure, but I was born kind of a handsome kid, always sort of fit, never in great shape, but, um, intensely insecure. And I think because of the sexual abuse, I learned at an early age that the way that you get attention is through sexuality. That causes a lot of problems in your teens and your twenties. And I was, I was addicted first and foremost to people wanting me. I always wanted to be wanted. That was the biggest addiction of them all. Um, but man, once I got into 
you know, the MDMA, I had some really amazing experiences that really changed me for the better. And the mushrooms, you know, there were, there were some great moments and some great experiences that I had with the mushrooms, with the acid, with the ketamine, with the MDMA, or, or, you know, I had that Terrence McKenna book where I was combining a lot of them together. I had some profound spiritual shifts and became a much, much better human being. Unfortunately, I was such an attention whore. I was in a rock and roll band. Um, I emulated, you know, the, 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 the Kurt Cobains and the Jim Morrisons. And I identified with the Jim Jones and the Charles Mansons and like all of those people. Like I thought all that shit was cool. Uh, because I was an idiot and I was insecure and it just all became a self-fulfilling prophecy. But again, once I got into, especially smoking the cocaine or smoking crack and, and smoking the heroin, there was one day where I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I had been doing it every day for like three months straight. And I tried to stop for the first time. There was no way. There was no way I was in and that was it. And that was going to be the rest of my life. So how did you start to build things? You know, you get, you get into the rehab uh, situation and you've got 40 bucks a week. How do you get to a spot where you're a successful author, you've got Sun Life Organics and you know, you're now in a very different position. What, give us like a timestamp. How old are you at this point where you're in, you're, you're in rehab and then for people who've maybe felt down and out, how'd you start building? Yeah. How, how did I go from a, a 33 year old homeless convicted felon junkie to flying around the world on private jets and a million dollars in my bank account? <laughs> that seems yeah. to be, that's the question that everybody wants to know. Um, and you know, if, if, uh, I suppose if I were crafty, I would come up with some sort of a four hour work week answer uh, and be able to sell some sort of, you know, quick fix message to people and make millions and millions of dollars, which I find ironic. I know, I know Tim and I'm not bashing on him because, you know, there's a million people out there that, uh, there's guys out there that write books on how to become rich that don't have, you know, a hundred bucks in their bank and they go and they make a bunch of money. Tim's, um, Tim's awesome. And clearly, Tim's, clearly Tim's awesome, but, but the irony is, is no one works harder and no one works, works longer hours than Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Tim Ferriss you can't is, produce the quality of work that he does if you're not right. working your ass off. Right. But, you know, me and many other idiots out there grabbed that book because we believed that we were going to find a way to work four hours a week and become a millionaire. I mean, that's the fastest way to make money is to sort of present that message. And it's not true. So um, <laughs> I apologize in advance uh, the answer to how did I go from being a high school dropout that can't spell and can't type a convicted felon, a, a hopeless shoot to die heroin addict to live, you know, here I am in Malibu and, and, and own a, a chain of incredible, uh, health food stores. I own a yoga studio, successful author, et cetera, et cetera. The answer is, um, I, I found enough humility to accept the fact that everything going on in my life at that time was all on me. And how I found that humility was bottoming out with drugs and alcohol, becoming homeless and hopeless. Um, but even after I sobered up and I was sort of, you know, crashing at someone's house and little side hustle here and there, like, you know, helping some dude do construction. I was just kind of cruising along. I turned 34 years old. I was eight months sober. I got a phone call from my mom and um, she was crying, which was not normal because she's a tough woman. And she told me that she had cancer and I didn't have $200 to my name. I couldn't go back and visit her. I was too proud to tell anybody or ask for help. Um, she told me it wasn't good. And um, I went back to this guest house that I was staying in down the road. There was this rich dude that let me live in his guest house while the house was under construction. And, um, I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and there was no electricity. So as the sun was going down, I just sat there sobbing and sobbing and all into the night. I don't know how long I cried, but it was a long, long time. And, um, and I, at some point in the midst of that, punching myself in my thighs over and over again and screaming and crying and, you know, no, 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 no. Um, because of the guilt and the shame I broke and I just was like, you know what? 
I'm never going to feel like this again. I'm never going to feel like this again. I'm never going to be hopeless again. I'm never going to be without resources again. I'm, I'm never going to have to worry about if my mom's going to be okay. My mom was the big motivator. Even though we didn't really have a relationship, she was still my mother. And I still sort of had that, you know, that primal connection. And um, I made a decision that going forward, the following, you know, the next day that I was going to be rich. And that was it. And there was nothing that was going to stop me. And it was very naive and very Pollyannic. Uh, but I just got up and I did it. I went to work. Um, I went to a place called Sherman's place right down the road and asked for a job cause it was washing dogs. And I knew that she could pay me. I didn't have a, a checking account or a savings account. So I knew she could pay me cash and she did. And when I was in there washing dogs and, you know, cleaning anal glands of Labrador retrievers and whatever. I mean, it literally, that was my job with the big gloves on, like squeezing anal glands and washing these dogs Start with the anal glands and work your way up. Yep. This, this guy, this guy came in uh, big, tall black guy in a Rolls Royce and, you know, started talking to me. I told him I needed work. He gave me his address and his phone number, went to his house the next day. He gave me a job walking his dogs. There was a nut hit one. That was Lou Gossett jr. By the way, the Academy award winner. I, I, which I didn't know at the time, but like a month later, um, what he was he in? Uh, officer and a gentleman. Okay. That? Oh, right. Yeah. One of the, the guy greatest is- guys, one of the greatest guys ever still. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> still, still a good friend of mine to this day. His neighbor's the guy that's breaking Richard Gere's balls the whole movie, right? Yes. That's it. That guy's a stud. The best. So his neighbor, Cindy Landon, saw me. She asked me if I wanted to walk her dogs and run some errands. And then um, uh, Billy Bob Thornton's ex-wife, Pietra, saw me. And she was like, do you want to walk my dogs? And so I was walking dogs, washing cars. Um, And then I got a job working at uh, one rehab first. And then when that rehab had us take our clients to another rehab, which was a really, really fancy one, um, I asked who the owner was and I contacted the owner and I asked him if I could get a job there. They liked me. They hired me. They sent me for some vocational training. I became a counselor. I eventually became an interventionist. I eventually became a sober companion. All along the way, I found ways to work for myself and have side hustles going on and having income coming in all day, every day. I work seven days a week. I work 14 to 20 hours a day, seven days a week. That, that's what I was saying before. It's like, I don't have the cool little answer that's going to make people think that they can just go out and stumble on a rock and find a million dollars underneath it. The truth is, Anthony, I, I became humble, a little bit humble. I went to work chopping wood and carrying water, so to speak. Um, I saved every penny and I invested every penny. Um, I invested in gold and silver, not because I was smart, but because I was desperate. And every time I got money, I would go buy a pair of what were the jeans at the time, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, that uh, true religion. I was one of those idiots that would, I would have $500 to my name, but I would spend $300. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I I would have $500 to my name and I would go buy $300 jeans because I was so insecure and wounded and I wanted people to like me and accept me. So I had to find a way to stop spending that cash. And I, I started buying silver bars and silver coins and gold coins and eventually gold bars and just as luck would have it or the grace of God or whatever, those prices went parabolic from 2004 to whenever it was when I sold, which was, I think, <clears throat> I think five years later, the prices like tripled and quadrupled. So I did very, very well. That's how I was able to open up Riviera Recovery. Um, and then from, from Riviera Recovery, I continued to be a sober companion. I was getting paid a thousand dollars a day because I was really, really good at what I did and people wanted to utilize my service. Um, so I was a babysitter for rich and famous people essentially. Uh, uh, that, that's awesome. I mean, like we're just having a conversation right now, but I'm, I'm picking up on so much. Maybe it's because we look for the stuff that we need and, and I really admire your ability to, um, it seems like all of these pivotal moments, you writing your book and getting all that stuff out where, you know, you're, you're, you're crying because of the news of what happened to your mother and the fact that you can't be there and you don't have the money to, to do the things that you feel 
are your duty as a son. Yeah. And yeah. Be able to show your mouth. And, and it all came from you, like allowing yourself to express emotion and let that yeah. flow. Even if it was negative emotion, like that, that gave you enough of a negative charge to say, I'm done with this shit. Yeah. And, and, and even like when you went there with your book, you let, uh, you let that emotion flow and it was able to kind of get out where I think a lot of us, especially as men, we just stuff it down. We stuff it down. Like we never saw our dads show a lot of emotion. So we don't allow ourselves to show that emotion and it keeps us stuck many times. And I admire that, that you allowed yourself to go there to not only make these massive changes in your life, but then also to let go of a lot of the shit from the past. There's, there's some big lessons there. There, there are, but I got to tell you, man, if Instagram and, and Facebook were around at that time, I might be still making 12 bucks an hour, 13 bucks an hour working in a rehab because, um, they are the biggest time sucks and the biggest destroyers of productivity there is. I mean, I can afford it now. I got 350 employees. I've got a corporate team of 25 people. I've got, you know, I'm, I'm making a bunch of money so I can sit around like an idiot and make sure I look fancy on Instagram and Facebook. But, you know, and the way I justify it is like, I sell a lot of books that way. I hope, right? it, I hope it's not a new version of true religion genes. Um, I think it's worse. I think it's much more insidious. I think it's much more evil. I think it causes much more damage. Um, and again, I justify it because I sell a shitload of books and Every day, I mean, I could, I could show you, I can show you right now, every single day, there are, there are messages on here from all over the world. Uh, a lot of people um, from Russia, from Kazakhstan, from, I mean, literally I was, I was answering. <laughs> What's that? Where Borat's from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was literally, I was literally going through it last night and answering people back that were like, your book changed my life, you know, like, thank you so much. So when I am posting, you know, some douchebag picture of myself on a, on a walking on a private jet, that does shit for people. I mean, yeah, it, it, it makes people think like this dude was living under a bridge and now he's flying around on private jets. And I, and I regularly will post a disclaimer, like, by the way, guys, don't be fooled by all the smoke and mirrors. These are not my private jets. These are my friend's private jets. Or, you know, these Balenciaga sneakers were a birthday gift. I would never spend that kind of money on a pair of sneakers. I'll spend a couple hundred on a pair of Adidas, but I'm not going to spend a thousand dollars on a stupid pair of shoes that I've worn three times. But having said that, it gets people fired up. It gets people excited because what people want most of all is hope and they want change. And they want to know that hope and change are real and tangible and possible. So if me, if me being a, an idiot and, and, a, and a braggart and, you know, posting these glossy images of myself on Instagram um, is going to help some people, it's great and it justifies it. And then the small part of me derives a sense of self and satisfaction from all the DMs from Instagram models or, or prostitutes or, you know, waitresses or whatever. They're like, we should hang out. I mean, I'm smart enough to understand that first of all, those are not the type of girls that I would want to hang out with in the first place. I mean, I, I literally answered one of them back the other day, like, Oh my God, your story is amazing. We should hang out. And I wrote back, what if my story wasn't amazing? No response. Right. Because those girls aren't interested in what I've overcome or how I feel on the inside as a man or how I've progressed. Or by the way, my mom beat the cancer and I ended up going back to Ohio with my first chunk of money that I made and I bought her a house and I've spoiled the shit out of her and taken care of her for the last 12 years. So there was a happy ending to that story. She beat the cancer. Oh, and that's I, amazing. I, I, I was able to become the son that I feel that God intended me to become. Um, but, but I don't know, you know, if one of your listeners is out there right now and they want success, they want change, or they want to follow your, your protocols and look like you and be ripped and be, you know, um, look athletic, whether it's making money, becoming athletic, uh, you got to put your phone down, man, you know, podcast, 
every day. I don't give a shit what you're doing. You should be listening to a podcast every day, if not twice a day. Instagram and, and Facebook, you better delete both of those apps if you want to have a great life. And, you know, I went off all social media four years ago. And in that year and a half that I was off social media, I wrote a book and I opened a yoga studio and I opened up two more stores. So, you know, I will go on breaks and I will go on binges. If my buddy invites me to his private island or my buddy invites me to the south of France and we're going to be on a massive yacht, come on, man, we all have an ego. We all have a desire to be liked and accepted. Of course, I'm going to put the app back on my phone and start, you know, doing this stupid selfies or getting some of the girls to take pictures with me, you know, so I can look cool in front of my friends back in the Midwest. Um, I do it and I utilize it for some good and for some egoic reasons as well. But first and foremost, if people want to learn anything from my journey and, and, you know, know that change is possible, massive monumental change is possible, and it's not that difficult. But secondly, you, you got to find the humility to understand that everything going on in your life is your responsibility and no one else's responsibility. We could have spent this whole podcast with me talking about how my brother molested me or my swim coach molested me. And, and that's why I did drugs. That's not why I did drugs. I did drugs because it felt great and because I'm selfish, right? There's a lot of people out there who got molested, who went through worse shit than me. And they're not doing drugs. They're working at soup kitchens. They're volunteering at nursing homes. You know, this, I, I hear it in 12-step meetings all the time and it drives me nuts. We're like, my parents didn't love me. Yeah, you're the first person to feel that way. You know, how about this? How about my dad fucking hated me and still does, but I forgive him and I love him and I did my best to create a relationship with him and it didn't end up panning out. So I should go shoot some heroin over that? No, I should go work my ass off, realize I'm a grown man and that I have a finite amount of time on this planet to make my life amazing and the people that are around me to make their lives amazing. I love that, man. I've, I've realized that the quality of the days that I have are so much better when I either read something or at least like listen to sometimes a podcast. I've been now on like an audible tear listening to a lot of books that I've been meaning to catch up on. So like at the gym earlier, I'm just, I'm, I'm listening to one of Grant Cardone's books and my days are better. My brain thinks differently when I've got those inputs coming in. I also completely agree on the hard work aspect. I think if you're looking to maintain or like oh, I just want a business that's kicking me off money while I do nothing. I think right. you can create that. But if you're starting from there, it can be a form of laziness masked as, you know, I just, I just want to have intelligent systems and stuff. And if I catch myself there, I'm like, no, I'm like, I, I have this duty to show up and give everything that I have in creativity in hard work in showing up for people that need it because one sentence from your book or one sentence from this podcast could completely change someone's life. And if you or I are a little bit tired, okay, there's a lot of people that are a little bit tired. It really matters if we show up and we give everything that we have to that one person who may be reading or may be listening. And, um, and, and those two things like feeding the mind with, with things that fuel our creativity, books, podcasts, um, and then, and then, constantly working based on potential, not quotas and, you know, just like nine to five checking boxes. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's a big difference for, for me personally. Yeah. I mean, even if I did nothing else, but read your book over and over and listen to your podcast over and over, it's better than listening to the self-doubting, self-defeating, you know, judge in my head that tells me I'm a piece of shit, tells me I'm too old, tells me that life has passed me by, tells me that people don't really, you know, look, I can read the reviews on Amazon and there's a couple hundred, I think maybe even almost 300 reviews, but do, do, but also understand that I've also many times gone to the reviews, clicked on the negative ones and went and read those over and over again as well. Looking, <laughs> looking, looking for proof that I'm a piece of shit and that I'm no good 
And, um, you know, the, the self-talking mind is always there. Um, it's, it's typically the loudest and the strongest for me in the morning when I wake up, um, and tells me, you know, all those awful, tell me I'm fat, you know, I'll be sitting like this and I'll start pinching my gut and then get upset. Like, Oh my God, I'm fat. If I stand up, I don't have a gut. I'm 48 years Women old. Listening are like, he gets me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I do it when I'm driving and I do it when I'm sitting and it's, and it's stupid. Because, you know, first of all, if I really wanted abs that bad and I really wanted to be shredded that bad, because I, I say that all the time, I want abs, you know, I'm going to get abs, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. And then I sneak off and have French fries or I sneak off and I have, you know, Doritos if I'm not feeling well, or I'll, I'll have a dessert knowing that I had a dessert the day before. You want abs? You want to be shredded? <sighs> you got to make up your mind. You can't have it both ways. And I often will say that I want something and then I do the complete opposite. So what I found is we always get exactly what we want. Always, always. And with my, with my, in my previous relationship, it was a nine year relationship. She was super smart. She was, she is my business partner, super smart, brilliant, like amazing human being. But I used to say to her a lot, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? Because if you want to be right with me, you can be right because you're really smart. But remember, I'm a man and remember, I have my insecurities and remember how, and look, this is my opinion and I'll be crucified for this as well. But in a relationship, there's always been a hierarchy and, and now there isn't anymore. And, and it's, it's, it's sort of messing a lot of things up. And I know that this is a taboo subject, but I'm 48 years old. I'm not 28 years old or 18 years old. I believe a man is there to provide and protect. And I believe a woman is there to nurture and to love and to, to create the nest that the, from the abundance that the man brings in. Now, does that mean that a woman shouldn't work? Of course not. Does that mean a woman should get paid less than me? Of course not. A woman should work if she wants to work, right? In all my relationships, if, if the woman I'm with wants to work, God bless her, go work. But I'm still going to provide. I'm still going to do my best to be the breadwinner, uh, metaphorically speaking. And um, sorry, I got off on a tangent there about- uh, Well, yeah, I understand. And you want to you feel like a man. You want to feel- Oh, respectful. sorry. Yeah, that's what it was. I wanted her, from her. Yes, I wanted her to allow me to feel like I was the boss and I was in control, even yeah. though men are never in control. Men are never the boss. Women have been the bosses since the dawn of time. Women create life. They create life inside of themselves. We chop down trees. <laughs> Women nurture life and make life from this ball, this mass of flesh and goo into these amazing, strong human beings. Women do that. You know, we go and fight wars. We go and clean up the dead rat that the cat left on the patio last night. We are always slaves to the women. Everything I do is to please women. Every haircut I get, every $400 bottle of cologne that I wear, every fancy car that I drive, every watch that I buy, you think that's for you? You know, no. I mean, maybe I want to brag to you like Anthony, I finally got my dream watch. But what is it really for? It's to attract women. It's to get women to, to love us or to like us or to accept us. That's what all of this is about. Women have always been in control. They're always the bosses. But I think the real secret is, is they've got to make us feel like we're in control and we're the bosses. Because what's that going to do? That's going to motivate us to go out and work twice as hard. And in that relationship, she would come on strong and she would be right about a lot of stuff but I found it incredibly castrating and emasculating. And I warned her over and over again, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Because if you want to be right, you're going to get that. But it might be at the cost of our relationship. So I, I think we always get what we want. I think a lot of men can relate to that as well. Yeah, well, I, I, hope, I hope some woman out there isn't going to take what I said out of contest and go crucify me and say I'm a misogynistic pig because that wasn't my point to any of this. You know, I, I, I just... I don't think I, so at all. I think you phrased it well. People, okay. People in that situation can identify with it. I'd like to use um, the last few minutes here because I live in Delray Beach and it's, it's an incredible chunk of the world. And there's also a big addiction problem here. And a lot of 
phenomenal people that need help. And I would love your thoughts on some of the best tools, biohacks, substances that are most effective for helping people to overcome addiction and perhaps underutilized. I mean, it's a loaded question and we can do a whole nother podcast on that. Um, and maybe we will at some point, but I mean, you know, first and foremost, please don't complicate it. You know, everyone wants to complicate it. You're addicted to drugs. You probably feel some shame and some guilt over that or, or pills or booze or whatever. It's not that complicated here. Here's the deal. Anybody is capable of doing anything for one day. Anybody. You know, if, 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 uh, if you told me that my girlfriend was stranded a hundred miles from here and it was a hundred degrees outside, uh, you know, without water, I would walk there and run part of the way and go save her. Right. We can, anybody can do anything for one day. Guys like Ben Greenfield can go and do, you know, triathlon. What does he do? Those Spartan races. He can do those for running a full barbed wire. Jumping over. You've got, you, you've got 16 to 18 hours in the day. You cannot drink or do drugs for one day. I promise you. It's going to suck. You're going to go through pain. You're going to sweat. You're going to vomit. You're going to go through some discomfort. Getting high feels great. You know what feels way better? Being rich. Being successful. Feeling like I am becoming the man that God intended me to become. Don't ever underestimate the power and the greatness of sobriety and success. Don't complicate it one day at a time. Um, 12 step programs are incredibly, incredibly helpful for me. I needed more. I needed 12 step programs and I needed other stuff. And that other stuff you talked about, you know, um, the nutritional component. If I was not juicing and making smoothies with superfoods in them, I wouldn't be alive and sober today. If I was not doing yoga, I would not be alive and sober today. If I did not find access to a sauna, I would not be alive and sober today. Those tools, I don't know why they're not, you know, in, in all of the treatment centers, I don't know why they don't have people making superfood smoothies around the clock, why, why they don't have saunas or far infrared saunas or both. I've got a giant uh, barrel sauna right behind me here, an eight foot barrel sauna. Um, I've got the giant clear light far infrared sauna right up above me. Saunas, man, there's nothing on the planet like those, like those saunas. Um, and, and get a dry brush, go to Whole Foods, buy a boar's head, really coarse brush, and it's going to hurt and it's going to suck. But remember, everything we want is right on the other side of our discomfort. And comfort makes cowards of us all. So if you want to be comfortable and you want to stay stuck, then stay stuck. But if you want an amazing life, you're going to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Take that boar's head brush. Get inside that sauna, start with 50 milligrams or 100 milligrams a day of, of niacin and not the kind that doesn't flush you, but the kind that makes you flush. Be very, very careful. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving anyone medical advice. I'm telling you what I did. I would take that niacin. I would take a gallon of distilled water. I would go in that sauna, keep the water jug outside and I would sweat and I would scrub under my arms. I would scrub my groin. I would scrub all up and down my arms where my limbs are all on the inside of my legs. I would scrub my entire body from head to toe. And I would even get a small face brush made of boar's head, boar's hair bristles. And I would literally scrub my face, scrub here on my neck with the giant boar's head brush. And my lymphatic system would drain and I would detoxify. And I was constantly listening to guys like you, guys like Ben Greenfield, guys like whoever, and taking things like chlorella, spirulina, I'd binge on goji berries and then get the shits and, you know, go through that. And then green, green juices every day, green juices every day. And then things like, things like turmeric or turmeric, however you say it, proven, proven, this is not conjecture, proven as effective, if not more effective than Prozac. And speaking of, of Prozac or psych meds or medication whatsoever, let's not ever forget the fact that I think you pointed this out or somebody that you turned me on to pointed this out about the placebo effect, the power of belief. 
a third of every one of those clinical, clinical trials, 30% of the people that get better were taking the placebo. So just know that you can get better. Believe me, look at me and know that you can get better. Believe that you can get better. That is the most powerful medicine hack, whatever you want to call it, life hack. That's the most powerful thing out there is the power of belief. You know, go grab yourself. Um, what is it? The power of positive thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. Is that, is that it? Go grab Think and Grow Rich. Go read The Alchemist. Go get on Audible. Go, you know, listen to a, po- listen to a positive self-help book every day. Do it over and over and over again. Get good information in your head from guys like Anthony that are going to give you information that's going to get you healthier. Because what ends up happening when I listen to a guy like you or I open up your book when I'm in the far infrared sauna, whatever you're talking about, I just go and I do it. And then I feel better. And then I'm like, oh, shit. What else has he got? Oh, when I get up in the morning, instead of pounding coffee with creamer and stevia and all this honey and all this shit in it, you know, Anthony said, get up in the morning and drink water or drink water with sea salt and lemon juice and whatever. Like, dude, I did that. My fucking world changed. (laughs) Just that one little thing changed my world. And I went out, I told a hundred people about that. Like when you get up, drink water, you know, cleanse your body. So, um, if you're suffering, know that you can get better. Get yourself to a 12-step meeting. Get yourself inside of a sauna if you're healthy and if a doctor approves of that. Because again, I don't want someone to get into a sauna and have a heart attack and try to sue me. I'm not a doctor and I'm not giving medical advice. When I say go and do this, I'm telling you what I did because it worked for me. And if it works for you, great. At the end of the day, I'm here to do my dance. And if my dance pleases you, that's wonderful. And if my dance doesn't please you, that's wonderful. I love it, man. That's awesome. It's, it's inspiring because it doesn't just apply to people that may be struggling with addiction right now. It applies to all of us. We all have this version of ourselves that a higher power, call it God, call it source, call it the universe, whatever you believe in. It put us here to be that version of ourselves. And it requires hard work and it requires the right stuff. And it requires us just drinking through drinking positivity and the right books and, and podcasts and audio books and everything through a yeah. those every day. So like, that's what we're focused on and, and, and we're working our ass off to achieve it. And anyone can level up and step into those shoes. And we're all on this journey doing it together. That was, that was great, brother. Thank you. Or or sit on Instagram and measure your life against everyone else's life. Sit on Facebook and, and, you know, talk about how terrible Trump is or talk about how terrible Hillary is, you know, waste hours a day being a voyeur and looking at other people's lives and feeling like shit about yourself. Come on, man. The answers are right here. The information in this podcast alone could alter your life in such a profound way that within a short period of time, you will look in the mirror and you will not recognize yourself because you'll, you'll look so fucking amazing and you'll feel so fucking amazing and you'll have a bunch of money in the bank. And that's just the truth because check it out. If, a, if, a, if an idiot like me can do it, if a high school dropout, convicted felon, ex-junkie, living under a bridge at 33 years old can now have the life that I have today. That means anybody can. I don't, I don't have any skills other than the fact that I don't give up. That's it. That's not a humble, that's not like fake humility or whatever. I struggle with which shoe to put on in the morning. I struggle with the most rudimentary fundamental math, you know, problems. I spelled, I spelled, uh, what the fuck did I spell wrong the other day? I spelled light wrong the other day. I was signing a book for somebody and I wrote love and light and I wrote, I, I spelled light wrong and they pointed it out to me. Uh, I'm just, how am I a fucking author of a best-selling book and I can't spell light? Did you do the L-I-T-E deal? Yeah. I've done that too. I think, I think part of that honestly is like if you text and shorten words for convenience, I don't know. Maybe I'm making excuses for us. No, I'm a dummy. I'm a dummy, but I'm rich and I'm successful and I'm happy. And if that, if I can be that, then anybody can be that. Khalil, you're the man. This has been great. Uh, tell us your Instagram, Sun Life Organics Instagram. We, we got to get the book guys. Uh, I forgot to die on Amazon. Pick that up. It's also on audible. Tell us the Instagram accounts after we just told everyone not to be on Instagram, they should do it for our accounts. And, um, and then where they can check out 
your Sun Life Organics locations? What cities are those in? Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, Instagram is just my first and last name. So it's just K-H-A-L-I-L-R-A-F-A-T-I, Khalil Rafati. Maybe you can even have a link or something. Um, and it's cool. Go, go on there and, and, you know, look at some of the amazing stuff. I've been all over the world in the last four months. Um, I've been a part of some incredible charities and I've been able to raise literally hundreds of thousands of dollars for some amazing causes like cleaning up our ocean um, and, and for a, a charity in Tibet, um, an orphanage in Tibet. I've, I've been able to do some cool stuff because I've got some rich, fancy friends. So yeah, you can check out my Instagram, hit like a couple times and then delete the app. Uh, so Facebook, I'm not a big fan of, and I'm private on Facebook. So unless I know you, I'm probably not going to accept you as a friend. And I'm really, I really don't go on Facebook anyway. Don't stalk him on Facebook. Yeah, you can, there's an I Forgot to Die page on, um, on Facebook. You can look at the I Forgot to Die page. There's some cool stuff on there. There's even an I Forgot to Die book Instagram where I really get cheesy and pretentious and really like post all the fancy pictures of myself. But anyway, Khalil Rafati or at Khalil Rafati on Instagram, at Sun Life Organics um, on Instagram, sunlifeorganics.com if you want to check out our brand video um, and check out our website. And then there's, there's nine locations in Southern California right now for Sun Life Organics. Um, we're opening up in Palo Alto next month. Then is Austin, Texas and Scottsdale, Arizona, and most likely New York City uh, in Tribeca. So stay tuned for all that. Um, Malibu Beach Yoga is here in Malibu. If you're around, come, come do a yoga class. And, um, and yeah, go, go be the best version of yourself, man. My, that, that, I want to leave everybody with that. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Promise. That's great. Khalil, thank you, brother. Appreciate you hanging out. This is, this has been, uh, I got a big smile on my face. I'm inspired. Hopefully everybody listening is feeling a little bit of that as well. Come visit, man. Come visit. Let's I, would love you, man. I was hearing, I was hearing about everything that you got going on over there. And I was thinking about how you've done a great job, not just on the business side, but also building a community and attracting other people who are into some of the same things and, and my yeah. head going that direction. Um, I, I'd love to come out there and connect next time I'm on the West coast. Come, please come. Let's go grab, we'll go grab uh, brunch at Soho house on a Sunday and we can people watch and see all those fancy movie stars and stuff and we'll catch up. And I'm sure, you know, Tarot from four Sigmatic mushrooms and you know, he comes sometimes or uh, Luke story, you know, Luke. Yeah. I was just talking with Luke earlier today. Dude, I love Luke is one of my most favorite human beings on the planet, but Luke story and Ben Greenfield and all those cats are sort of hovering around here. Aubrey Marcus has been hanging out, you know, recently. So, um, definitely come out and text Aubrey and Kyle on Monday. Oh, amazing. Well, you do, uh, pitch me, pitch me to get on his podcast because I want to meet that cat. I, I follow him and I am so inspired by him. He's awesome. Yeah, he's crushing it. Well, thank you, brother. I will. I'll hit you up when I'm out that way. We'd okay. love to see what you're doing. And also you piqued my interest on the charity side too. And I'd like to ramp up what we're doing there. So cool. we'll have some fun conversations. Cool. Air high five, brother. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. buddy. Great hanging out. Thanks. Appreciate you. Hey guys, Anthony here and wanted to share a really cool opportunity for you to participate in a case study that could get you a free $10,000 Trucy Molecular Hydrogen Water Machine. So here's how it works. If you apply for this case study and you're accepted, they will reimburse 100% of your monthly payment for this Trucy Molecular Hydrogen Water Machine and inhalation unit. And I get asked all the time, what's my favorite biohack? And right now it is this machine, hands down. It does three things that are incredible and unmatched. One, it fixes metabolic syndrome. So if your body's not burning fat the way that it used to, there's a 2010 study in the Journal of Clinical Biochemical Nutrition showing that hydrogen-rich water, like you get from the Trucy machine, can fix metabolic syndrome and actually improve a lot of the things that are responsible for how well your body burns fat. But it doesn't stop there. It's also an intracellular antioxidant, meaning it's able to get inside your cells where your mitochondria live, those energy powerhouses that make all of your energy. And that energy is what determines how well you age and your risk of disease, right? Well, inside your cells, you also have free radicals. And a lot of those free radicals can damage your mitochondria and affect how well your body makes energy. Trucy molecular hydrogen gets into the cells and protects your mitochondria. So your body makes energy better, you feel younger, 
and your risk of degenerative diseases goes way down. On top of that, it crosses the blood-brain barrier. This is so important because it decreases your risk of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia. And it can also keep you thinking more clearly, keep your memory sharper, and help you avoid those periods of brain fog, cloudy thinking, or just where verbal articulation and recall isn't where you want it to be. So if you'd like to participate in this study, you go to trucyh2.com slash biohacks. I'll spell that out for you. It's T-R-U-S-I-O. I H and then the number two dot com forward slash biohacks and you click the learn more button on that page that's by the water machines apply for the case study you'll get on the phone with someone from Trucy and they'll see if you're a fit and if you are you could potentially have 100% of your monthly payment reimbursed so you get this incredible $10,000 molecular hydrogen water machine and inhalation unit completely free since using mine I've felt more energy better mental clarity I've had my longest breath hold to date and other clients have talked about seeing improvements in their energy, how they feel in the morning. But what's even cooler is I had a triathlete recently say that her times in the bike, the swim, and the jog had all improved. And the only thing that she changed was drinking this water. So if you guys are looking to ramp up your metabolism and burn more fat more effortlessly, if you want something that gets into your cells and protects the most important asset you have, which is your mitochondria, the thing that makes all of your energy, or you want to stave off your risk of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia, or just keep your mind as sharp as possible, head over to trucyh2.com. That's T-R-U-S-I-I-H-2.com forward slash biohacks. And then click the learn more button on that page and apply for the case study and see if you are a fit to participate alongside me and a bunch of other biohackers and get your Trucy molecular hydrogen water machine with an inhalation unit completely free. And I do recommend the one that has the inhalation unit because there's a lot of evidence suggesting that that when we breathe it in through our nose, it even more effectively crosses the blood brain barrier and you're able to reap those benefits we discussed on the cognitive side. Thanks a lot guys and hope to see you in the case study. 